everybody, everybody, let's get into it. Get stoned, get it started, get it started, get it started. Welcome in to From the Nosebleeds Playoff Edition. The first the first episode of the Playoff Edition, go, I suppose. Baby. Um, we have Vince Lobiondo. Hello. That is me. Next to Patrick O'Leary. What's up, everybody? Uh, Seamus is uh, at home relating to family matters. Seamus, we love you. But um, we're actually going to get to talk some ball today, that means, I guess. I know. <laughs> some real, real ball, not baseball. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, the, the start of the NBA playoffs has come. It's I think I've called one of the, my favorite times. Of the I was year, gonna say honestly. I think I called the NFL playoffs the most wonderful time of the year before. This is a this is a good second. I mean, the nice part about the NBA playoffs it's every fucking night. That's true. Like, the NFL playoffs are once a week, and obviously they should be with that kind of game. But <laughs> NBA playoffs every fucking night it makes them way more electrical, in my opinion. Absolutely. So it's something to watch every night. And I think that the playing game also added a level of something that I enjoy. Uh. It's something to watch before the <laughs> it's play. Like it's, like, it's like it's like an appetizer. Just fucking annoys the it's shit nice. out of me, but whatever. But um, we got a lot to talk about here because our team has been uh, I'll, I'll put it lately, they've been succeeding so far, averaging eighteen point leads and wins over the Raptors, who a lot of experts took to win in six. That that is number one. I we got to say right here. Uh, How brain? I don't want to see. <laughs> Do any, you have to be? Yeah. To take the Raptors in six. Over a team with Joel Embiid, who's had two MVP caliber years back to back, the former a former scoring champion in James Harden and an absolute stud in Tyrese Maxey, yeah. over well, Pascal Siakam, Fred as, VanVleet. As a as a as a redditor on Raptors Reddit, um, he said, uh, you know, it was never going to be a sweep. <laughs> you know, that's what they said after the game one lost, guys. Iconic know, quote. It was honestly. never going to be a sweep. It was never. I mean, as soon as they lost game one, they were like, hey, guys, we were never going to sweep them. We were always going to drop one game, right? Listen, what you just said, though, is why I don't want to see anyone on Twitter like, it's just the Raptors when all of you motherfuckers outside of Philly were taking this team to mm-hmm. beat us. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to hear any of that shit. Everyone thought the Raptors were our kryptonite and they matched up well with us. And I don't know what could say it better except for the fact that we've crushed them two games in a row yeah i mean it's been a fantastic game one 131 to 111 game two 112 to 97 and the end score of game two honestly is closer than the game actually was because the raptors had a nice little run at the end of the game which was stunted by i guess the first play i'm pulling from the game because it was my favorite play of the entire game danny green's dunk i mean that was (laughs) just phenomenal hell did that come from? So I don't know if you watched the post game presser with Doc, but Doc came out and said that usually when they're doing practices, um, they're running the ball and they say you can only take shots you would take in a game. And Danny every <laughs> once in a while dunk it, and everybody will go, "Oh, it's not a game shot. It's not a game shot." So Doc said Danny's going to walk into practice tomorrow and he's going to give us all a bunch of shit because he did it in a game finally. There you go. When was the last time Danny Green dunked? Probably the last I'd time. I'd love for it. someone to let us know when the last time Danny Green dunked, but probably that, at UNC, honestly. That. <laughs> that play Play was like like important low key because yeah. like the the Raptors were at the tail end of their run at the end mm-hmm. of the game that made this game look closer than it was and, and listen if Danny Green lays that up you know whatever it's points yeah but that got the crowd and bench <laughs> way back energized and essentially like the vibes essentially went through yeah. the roof again yeah. like they were through the roof they came down a little bit when the Raptors went on the run mm-hmm. and then Danny Green sent the fucking vibe sky high again so yeah. shout out to Danny Green for that and also just his play in general he's been playing. Uh, he was he was okay good. the first game, but I mean, like, 
the second game, he was uh, he was phenomenal. Eleven honestly. points, three or nine shooting from three. You yeah. Can't be mad at that. And also, it's so funny to watch him play because he just lives in the corner on I know. offense. The green, he's that's why else. they call it the green room. Yeah, he's just you always know where to look for Danny Green on that offense. Yep, he's just standing right there. But uh, and it I works perfectly. That's the, the spa- perfect spacing Embiid needs. You know, I wanted to focus more on the second game, but the first game we could talk about a little bit. You know, Joel only with nineteen points, but. I mean, he didn't need to do much. Yeah. Tobias had 26. Maxi had fucking 38. Absolute 38. fucking stud. I mean, what? The kids You cannot write a better first playoff start than 38 points. And my God, was he trying for the 40 at the end. And I I, I wanted him to get it so bad. He had bad. that three he missed. And then he had that pull-up jumper of the baseline he missed. I was fucking ki- Oh, I was so mad about that. And we've, like, literally, like, I, we've been... Uh, robbed of beautiful guard play on the Sixers for <laughs> the better part of a decade since AI. Yeah. Uh, Maxi is hey, everything MCW, you could ever... Yeah, we had one year of MCW. <laughs> you know, Tony Roten, of course, too. <laughs> oh, no, but good. really, we haven't had like a... It's so much more fun sometimes to watch like a guard dominate. Like we, yeah, I love watching him be dominate. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, but there's just something it's about a different style of play. Exactly, it's like there's something about watching Maxi dribble at the top of the key and step back for a three or something. Like mm-hmm. you know, learned it from Harden. It's, it's also insane watching him just take off like fucking Roadrunner straight down the middle he of the court, fast as hell. and FVV has to like jump and foul him just to catch up to him. Yeah. Like, that was probably one of my favorite parts about last night is Maxi would get the ball at the same speed as everybody else, and next thing you know, he's beyond everybody else yeah. at the at the basket. So, yeah, Maxi, absolute master class. And the story mm-hmm. from the first game was really just uh, the Raptors. It was got, just let Maxi cook. Uh, yeah, the Raptors <laughs> just were not physical enough to hang yeah. with the Sixers in that game. Uh, Nick Nurse got up on the podium. And listen, I think he is <sighs> a whiny baby, but I get why he has to do it because he's trying to get the refs to pay attention and mm-hmm. whatever. But he's still a whiny little baby, uh, as we saw after the game, uh, game two. But um, the main thing I wanted to talk about real quick because you saw this mostly after game one. So Scotty Barnes goes down with an injury, mm-hmm. uh, unfortunate. Joel stepped on his ankle and a completely unintentional move, but it is what it is. He goes down. So the first thing that the Sixers fans got tore apart for was. Oh, they cheered when Scotty Barnes went down. False. Uh, Fred Van Vliet fouled out the exact same play. Yep. We were cha- we were cheering that on because obviously we we are all for one of their best players fouling out. Mm-hmm. So that that negates that. And then after the game, you have uh, Raptors Twitter going into one of the most toxic modes. I've ever seen a fan base go into. I'm pretty sure they started it like halfway through the game too. Well, yeah, I, I must have just not been paying half. attention because the vibes were so high. Yeah, but you have people saying things like, you know, we got to like kill Joel and B, like hoping Break he tears his legs. ACL. And I, I think what takes the cake is the worst thing I've ever seen is someone screenshotting the details from an article of uh, talking about Joel's brother's unfortunate passing, and someone said like good or some shit like that. Like, what is? Yeah. It's just a game. I know, and people seem to forget that. Like, it's, it's ne- I promise, it's never that serious. Yeah, and um, I just I don't understand how that will ever literally come into play in a game of sports. Like, what it, the fuck, dude? This isn't the gladiator trials. Yeah, right. And I know they were bringing up Maxi as Maximus, but like, come on, <laughs> it's a which joke. also is a great nickname. Yes, it's a fucking joke. There's no real gladiators. Nobody wants to die in this game. Nobody wants to hurt other people in this game. Like that's just a fucking stupid narrative of Embiid injuring Scotty. And then it's also stupid to wish that 
Embiid is getting fucking killed. Yeah, it's, like, how it's, do you how do you in your right mind do that? I, I'll, I'll, I will never. It's get ridiculous. And we that. talked a little bit before the show about how sometimes it seems like these other fan bases up their intensity and anti because they think that's what we're about. And yeah. I said, you know, I'll never claim to follow every person on Sixers Twitter or know mm. all of them. I will. But for the I most will. part. You're very in tune with them. <laughs> I, I try to be. I've never. I when Scotty Barnes went down with an injury, all I saw was you know well wishes and yeah. man that sucks. Yeah. And you, because we're we're people that want to be the team at our best at their best. Yeah. Like we don't want to get the raggedy version of your team. We want to beat you at your best. We don't yeah. want an excuse. Which is also why it's funny that Raptors fans think they're relevant because Kawhi Leonard did charity work there and beat a uh, banged up Warriors team. But I yep. digress. But I digress. <laughs> but um yeah game one just they got out physical. Uh, they got out physical. I don't even know if that's a phrase. Dude, um, would be proud. <laughs> Nick Nurse bitches, and then they come into game two, and the Raptors clearly came in with a different mentality in this one. Where mm-hmm. the first, the first quarter, really, they were physical as hell, and they uh, you well, know, they, they started had, up eleven yeah, zip. Yeah, that video of the one clip where Pascal Siakam just trucks Joel. Mm-hmm. So they came out and they gave us their best punch, and the Sixers withstood it, and they ran away with the game from there because the Raptors. For what everybody said, oh, they match up really well against Sixers. I honestly don't know if they do. They are a small team Mm -hmm. who is overcompensating for that by being way too physical and failing. And, like, sure, you can do the whole, oh, the refs love Embiid, the refs love Sixers thing. It's not fucking true. Mm -hmm. First of all, these are all fouls. They just are. Watch the clips over. Maybe there's a couple rinky-dinky fouls here and there. But this is my main point I wanted to make about this game, kind of. In what world do people think the NBA want the Sixers to succeed? Yeah. You're talking about a team who has a player, Joel the Process Embiid. The Process, for those who don't remember, was uh, stopped by Adam Silver when he fired uh, Sam Hankey, forcefully removed him from office, and put his own guy in there because they resented the way the Sixers were doing team building. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a team that it has at the GM... A guy who cost the NBA millions of dollars for his uh, tweets about Hong Kong and China. In what world would the NBA want this team to succeed? Yeah. The NBA hates the Sixers. Yes. So Always have. This narrative needs to just die mm-hmm. and bury it 12 feet under because it's not fucking true. I mean, the only reason it got brought up is because of the fact that they're calling fouls on Embiid. And it's like, like you were just saying, if you watch the game, they're literally fouls. Yeah. I mean, like, what more, what what other proof do you want? Like, just watch. Like, you know, like the memes, like, hey, uh, why did Joel Embiid shoot so many free throws? Like, my brother in Christ, stop <laughs> fouling him. Yeah, no, it's do it. And I saw you tweet that out the other day. I was like, well, yeah, I mean, please just stop. Fouling. And that's I, exactly what he said I to think Nick I, Nurse yeah, yesterday. I think I said this phenomenal. on one of the last podcasts where, like, this is the first MVP race I've ever seen where people are, like, doing shit like, Oh, this would have been the score of the Raptors Sixers game without any free throws. Mm-hmm. Like, what <laughs> what fucking world are we you know living in that we're that, doing right? this now? It was because Ty Lue said what he said. Yeah, because Ty Lue is a jackass and whatever. But I mean, LeBron thinks he's the best coach in the NBA, so <laughs> isn't that, shouldn't I, that be your opinion? I wouldn't mind having Ty Lue as our coach, oh, but I, again, I digress. <laughs> but like, yeah, okay, suddenly, suddenly free throws are, aren't a thing anymore just because like we benefit from them because mm-hmm. guys. Um, it's Even not though that Giannis ho- averages almost the same amount, if not more. He just than doesn't me. shoot as high a percent, right? Yep. He shoots more like sixty, whereas Joel shoots like eighty-one. Mm-hmm. It's just hard. It's so hard for these people to imagine a world where a guy that's bigger, taller, stronger, and better than everybody gets fouled because guys can't guard him. Yeah. You know what would happen if people stopped guarding Joel or uh, fouling Joel Embiid? He'd score more from the field because yes. he wouldn't be getting hacked. Yes. So. 
Eh, it is and what listen, it is. And listen, we had Hack Ben last year, and I lo- I'm loving I hated that, but I'm loving Hack a Joe this year. I mean, yeah. that's just phenomenal. If you want to hack him, hack him all day. I mean, exactly. He'll, he'll love every second of it, and he'll eat you the Which is why game. I'm just not scared of this team. But uh, Joel finishes that game 31 points plus seven, which I think is huge, which we'll talk about why later mm. when we talk about his uh, MVP counterpart. Uh, James Harden, a nice game, 14 points, six rebounds, six assists. Like mm-hmm. He's been a great facilitator in this series. Like yeah. uh, That first game especially, his passes were amazing. He was finding guys. He was drawing a lot of attention, got open looks for Maxi Niang. Yep. Uh, you just can't ask any more of him. He's not a score, which is funny because people are still downplaying like his talents. Like, dude, he's not 40 points a night, James Harden, yeah. anymore. And, he's facilitator, and James Harden. The biggest thing with that James Harden is he was also taking 30 shots a night because he was the only scorer on those teams. Yeah, and he's not doing that anymore. Yeah, and like that's not his job anymore. He doesn't have to do that anymore. We don't want him to do that no. because you want Embiid taking those shots. You want Maxi taking those shots. Yep. Like, and I still have faith in the guy that he can make a clutch shot here and there. Yeah, he's made shots, but he shot I, uh, he shot fifty percent from three last night. Three shots. I know, and that's that's perfect. Like that's exactly what you want him doing. You want him yep. hitting those threes, and you need him to. I've read the wrong guy. That's Maxi stats. Oh, yeah, Harden was one for four. Yeah, I'll take it. Yeah, I mean, I'll take it. Like he he made that. It was the one big step back that actually changed uh, a little bit of a, a run I, in the listen, second quarter. I don't care. Every time James Harden hits a step back three, it counts for like three. Yes, because uh, the vibes yeah. go so up. I mean, yeah, I I literally was just screaming in the, my basement by myself. But just, Harden was plus seventeen on the court. Mm-hmm. Can't hate that. Maxi had twenty three after thirty fucking eight points in his first game. Yeah. I think he's up there somewhere with like LeBron and a bunch of guys for like the most points in the first two LeBron, playoff starts of your career. Yeah, that is that is just. Company, I never thought we'd see Tyrese Maxey <laughs> in, know. but God, bl- build a fucking Mike Muscala statue yesterday. I need his jersey number retired, everything, because he he hit that meaningless shot for the Thunder that got us yep. Maxey. And you know what's crazy also? Elton was the one that wanted Maxey. I don't know if you That's saw... That's the one win he took. Yeah, I, I, I mean, th- so apparently there was an article that came out a year or two ago about that, and it was literally talking about how Maury came in and kind of just listened to Elton on that first draft. Yeah. And Elton was the one that wanted Maxi, and they thought he was going to be a lottery or a fringe lottery pick, and he fell to 21. I don't know if like to say it's going to be fucked up, but like, thank, thank God for COVID. Thank yeah. God there was no March Madness tournament that, for the that past year, two weeks because, because <laughs> Maxi's stock could have easily went up. Yes. But um, I think the most impressive. Perf- I think the most impressive performance from yesterday was Tobias. Twenty points. He shot seven of eleven, mm-hmm. three from three from three. Yeah, that's a fucking tongue twister. Three for three T- from three. Plus twenty three, ten rebounds. Like, listen, we've said on this podcast before. It's nothing personal when we like shit on Tobias. Yeah. It's we want him to play better yeah. and earn the money he's getting paid. And I think so far in this series, he has completely done that. And PSM, by the way, his defense has been phenomenal. Ex- exactly. Like Siakam, I think only ended up with like twenty last night. Um, yeah. Like he, his defense on Siakam has been great. He's been giving him, he's been giving him physical game and not fouling him, which exactly. is huge because Tobias, one of his biggest struggles um, this season, especially, has been fouls. He's been had, he's having a lot of high foul games. He fouled out of the one against the Wizards, which was obviously much earlier in the year, but still, he's been having a lot of high foul games this year. He's playing a lot of times with three, four, or five fouls. So it's nice to see him have a game where he really only sits at like two fouls. And that's great because you don't want them getting more opportunities to get to the line. You don't want more opportunities for them to get time back on the shot clock. Like it's he's been doing a great job in that yeah. regard. I mean, it's only two games in, but he's averaging twenty three points for the series. So mm-hmm. like, 
you, you, you can't gotta, complain about that. Not at all. You got to especially love that. especially the efficiency because his biggest issue also was the fact that he would put up twenty shots and score twenty. Exactly, if shooting is, seven for eleven from the field and yeah. three for three from three. Yes, uh, that's incredible. That's, Ideal, and I mean you don't expect that from him every night, but mm-hmm. uh, shooting a hundred percent from three on three attempts is uh, pretty beautiful because yeah, he's I mean he, when he's he has him. been really finding a groove with these threes, and that's exactly what you want him to do. You know why? Because it's going to up his trade value, but also because <laughs> it can help us make a run this because year. It a hundred percent will help us make a run because if you have you obviously have Joel just being Joel, we just expect what he does at this point. But you got Maxi producing at the rate he's producing right now, mm-hmm. uh, Harden in his facilitator role who could give you. You know, I'd say like respectively like twenty points, maybe a game, maybe yeah. a little less, but he's still going to get you like ten, ten uh, assists. Yeah. And then you got Tobias, who's also putting up like twenty plus a game. Mm-hmm. Like, and even Maxi last night was facilitating. He had eight oh, assists, yeah. eight rebounds. He almost had a triple double. Yeah, eight assists, nine rebounds. Yeah. And like he was phenomenal last night. Um, and also another thing I wanted to say. So I know this isn't going to be very relevant in the next two games, but the little glimpse we got into the future with uh, Maxi and Tease on our fast break together, that yeah. is like one of the most unbeatable things you could have on this team. They're both very athletic. Because the motherfuckers are literally faster than everybody out there. They And then you get to the rim, and Maxi, we have seen, is one of the better finishers in this league at the rim. Which is crazy. He's very good. can just jump above the rim. So, I mean, if you have Maxi who can just get up there, do some crazy finish, draw two defenders, and you have TC either trailing or ahead... He's going to be right there to put it back in if Maxi misses. Yeah, absolutely. And while we're all Matisse, we might as well talk about it. We're going to be without him mm-hmm. for the next two games. Uh, like, what are your thoughts on that? So I like the way Doc has used him these past two games. He played, I think, eight minutes in the first game and ten minutes in the second. And that is perfect because, honestly, you don't necessarily need another player to fill those minutes. You can leave another guy out there a little longer. You can leave a guy like Shake out there a little longer, a guy like Niang out there a little longer. Um, Whatever you do, don't bring in Furcon, please. Yeah, and then like I was like, you also have Maxi, who is an absolute workhorse and will not care about picking up the slack of three minutes here, three minutes there. That's fine. He will do that in a heartbeat. And obviously, you don't get that lengthy defense, um, but because of the way Doc has been playing this the last few games. Um, it's been great because honestly, Danny Green woke up on defense. His defense has been great. Um, his dunking has been phenomenal. Um, <laughs> but now, nah, so it's it's nice to see the way Doc coached that to start out with. Um, and I really hope he continues his good coaching streak in this playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I feel like like you said, he's been kind of preparing for this by not playing Matisse much anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, starting Danny, which Danny should be starting no matter what anyway. He's mm-hmm. just. His shooting is required yeah. in this lineup. But and he's um, got the best three-point playoff percentage of all time. I'm pretty yeah. sure still. I think he's like a 46% in the playoffs. That wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. But, um, yeah, having having Matisse only play like a couple minutes a game, just getting, re- like you said, getting ready for Toronto where we won't have him. But mm-hmm. I don't think that they're going to struggle without him. Yeah. I mean, I, looking they've, they've at him. looked fine on defense when he's not in the game. Yeah. And and Harden actually has really been stepping up on defense, too. He looks like he DH'd 10 years on defense. Yeah. Because he, last night, if he, if the person didn't blocks. get fouled. Yeah, but if, he, if the person didn't get fouled, he would have had, like, another three blocks. Yeah. Because the person got fouled by somebody else, and then he came in and just fucking swatted the ball away. Oh, also, speaking of blocks, Danny Green picked up that block at yeah. the end of the game after yeah. his dunk. That was electric also. I know. I, like That's what I was saying. It's like the defense from people that you weren't expecting to see such great defense from, I think just the energy of the whole team is inspiring everybody yeah. to just fucking lock down And it also defense. helps when you just have such a solid defensive anchor like we do in Joel. Mm-hmm. 
He's, yeah, I mean, he's one of the best, if not the best in the NBA to do it, especially on the defensive end. Because, I mean, who the fuck wants to go up against a 7'2", 280-pound guy that can move like anyone? Like, that's just insanity. Absolutely, and that's the... You know, that's the MVP difference, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's the kind of stuff that makes a guy an MVP. Mm-hmm. But uh, I guess, you know, I don't have a vote for a reason. <laughs> but um, one, well, one we're thing- not players. Or cr- oh, wait, never mind. They don't vote. <laughs> uh, Paul Reed, plus eight. He didn't score in this game, but he looks fine. Yeah, I mean, I, don't think, I think he only took one or two shots in the game yeah. anyway. Uh, what's I more f- important is off his offensive rebounding, which he did a phenomenal yes. job with anyway. I think he only had two or three, but still, like it was I'm in one possession, he was for, just knocking him out. I'm craving for him and Harden to get on the same page for like some lobs. Oh my god, I'm dude. waiting I mean, for the kids, it to happen. The kid's an athletic freak; like he can throw those down. All but no day. matter what, he, no matter what the scoring is, he's plus eight for this game. I forget exactly what he was the first game, but I know it was in the positives. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's better than fucking DeAndre Jordan, who went out there, didn't try, and was getting you negative eleven, and just like. The the biggest difference between the Sixers from however many past years and the Sixers I've seen in the first two games of the series is I have never, ever, ever seen the Sixers handedly win the non-Embiid minutes the way they have been yeah. against the Raptors right now. Yeah. It is something I fucking never, ever thought I would mm-hmm. see, but they are handling the Raptors with ease when Joel Embiid is not in the game. And I think a big part of that has been Paul Reed's defense. Like, you look at him, and he took on Siakam a couple times last night, and Siakam only scored once. Yeah, he only scored once on him, and there was one where Paul actually looked like he got beat, but he was in Siakam's face enough that Siakam was a little off balance, and Paul kind of stumbled away a little bit, but he completely bricked the shot, and it was just little things like that that Paul is doing, and just being in the ro- in the right place at the right time and fucking up guys' shots, and that is not going to happen if DeAndre yeah. Jordan's playing. He's going to sit in the paint. Maybe guard a guy here and there. You never know. Like he might like meander up to the top of the key and like say hi to his friend that's on the other. T- like you don't know what the fuck you're gonna get. With- Actually, you do know what the fuck you're gonna get with that guy. You're not gonna get shit. Yeah, and like but- he- Paul might make a mistake here and there, but. Yeah. God, you'll be damned if he doesn't go out there and try his absolute fucking mm-hmm. hardest every time he's on the court, which you cannot say the same for DeAndre Jordan at this point in his career. He doesn't try. He doesn't yeah. care. And it, I think it, this I think, is what it is. I think Tyrese Maxey put it best when he was mic'd up for the game. He said, do what B-ball Paul do. And that's exactly what Paul has been doing for these last two games. He's just hustle. Hustle plays. Offensive and Maxi literally sat there and listed out everything. He said, "Go get the boards on offense. You're grabbing every fucking board on offense." Like blah blah blah. He kept going. He just like, "You're gonna be a good lock, like lockdown defender. Get some blocks. Like get the rebounds. Get every rebound." And literally, that's what he does. Yeah, he just goes out there. He's got the energy. He brings the energy. He's there to rebound. He's there to fucking tap tap balls out that are 50-50 balls. Like yeah, he's done a great job of all of that. Bullying works, people. Yes, we bullied Doc Rivers into this decision because he's a bold faced fucking liar when he got mm-hmm. called out and was a dick to Derek Bogner. Bodner and uh, he said oh you know we we play Paul against let me go slowly uh, for you we play Paul (laughs) against small fours and DeAndre against big five or small fives and DeAndre against big fives well let me ask you a question then Doc why all year the whole entire season up until the last couple regular season games did we not see Paul Reed play back up center really at all? Yeah. You're telling me that we didn't play a single small five until those last couple games? It's fucking bullshit, and you just don't want to admit you're wrong. Yeah. And whatever. You're the goddamn coach of my team. I don't want to shit on you too hard, but if we win a finals, all is forgiven. But, like, 
He mm. just he just doesn't seem likable. We talked. We've heard, I think we talked about this last episode, but he just does not seem likable. I'd still fire him if we won the finals. Well, no, well, <laughs> listen, I wouldn't hate I, it I if we if we had a good replacement. But my my point is just that he he lied about why he didn't play Paul Reed. He he got bullied in the playing Paul Reed, mm-hmm. and now Paul Reed is playing so well that like he has no choice but to stick with what he's. I feel like a part, I almost feel like a part of Doc Rivers wouldn't have cared if it hurt the team if Paul Reed played like absolute shit just so he could have proved this point and got in front of a fucking mic and been like, told you so. I, a part of me almost feels like he would have liked that. Yeah. I yeah. mean, again, we t- we're not going to get stuck on this. The whole B-ball Paul victory tour thing. He like took person <laughs> took a shit on a guy who just wants to, like, is that his, was whatever. so asinine. Not going to get stuck on that. Yeah, but it, that doesn't so that make asinine. you feel like there's almost a, a part of you that thinks Doc would have enjoyed Paul? Paul uh, this is why I was well. happy I wasn't able to make the show last week because I would have oh, sat here and absolutely screamed my fucking head off for an hour and a half. Oh, yeah. Me and Seamus laid into him for that. And I know you would have uh, freaked out. So I'm God. glad we've got you in your calm state now. <laughs> but like, In my happy state. <laughs> but yeah, it's whatever. And then as far as coaching goes, on the other side, you got Nick Nurse, who I mentioned about his uh, press conference. But the second favorite part of the game, in my opinion, after uh, Danny Reed's Danny Reed, Danny Green's dunk was Nick Nurse and Joel Embiid sharing some words at like the tail end of the game, and uh, Joel after the game was asked what he said to uh, Nick Nurse, and he said, mm-hmm. "I told him respectfully, stop bitching about the fouls." Yeah, and he said also something like, "If you're gonna keep fouling me, I'm gonna keep making my free throws." Mm-hmm. And Nick Nurse said, "You just might have to." Yeah. And like that is, it was a very weird response from yeah, Nick Nurse. I don't know to me. if it was supposed to be like cocky, like we're gonna keep fouling you. Yeah, that's what it felt like. It was like, wh- why would you? What? That was, I, <laughs> like, I feel like that was one of those things where he just didn't know what to say in yeah. the moment and got flustered. Was like, you're gonna have to. Yeah. It's like, it's like, <laughs> like, I, I was. It was. It was very befuddling because of the fact that you ex- you would expect him to double down and be like, well, the refs are calling him too much. Yeah, blah, right. But no, he was just like kind of admitted that he was telling them to foul him. <laughs> it kind of felt like that. I know he probably didn't mean it, but like it kind of was counterintuitive to his entire message of the past two days. Exactly. And he got up again after game yeah. two and bitched about the refs. And like so did Siakam. Like, dude, you just, just don't foul. Like, mm-hmm. This is the most overblown shit I've ever seen. And don't get me wrong. I know that people say if you weren't a Sixers fan, you'd be bitching about how many free throws they take. But that's only because non-Sixers fans don't watch as many Sixers game as we do. Yeah. And, like, I obviously it's hard to, like, say I'm not going to be biased. But, like, literally when you take bias out of it, watch these watch these clips of Joel getting fouled, man. He's getting fouled, and there's really nothing that you can do about it. See, the funny thing, too, with... Uh foul shots is like you would think this generation would love it because it would give them more of a chance to look at their phone while the game's happening you know <laughs> that I, mean, I didn't even think of it that way like you would think this generation would absolutely love it because you know i like i get some foul shots coming up scroll through twitter real quick see what's up on twitter and then i'm like oh shit joel made another one of course you did uh but no i mean like you would think with this generation with the attention spans we have like it, we would, it's we just, would love foul shots. It, I, I said this before the show. I think that a lot of that and just the Joel Embiid hate in general is one of the clearest examples of just like anti-Philly shit because mm-hmm. I think if you took the name and city away from Joel Embiid and just looked at it like this, you have a guy who uh, gets injured in college. He's told he's never going to play. He's lazy. His brother dies. Uh, he's still getting told he's unmotivated. Mm-hmm. Again, he's lazy, whatever. And then he overcomes that, becomes one of the best players in the NBA, uh, sadly, I have to say, runner-up MVP most likely, even though he should win this year. But runner-up mm-hmm. MVP two years in a row, 
one of the best players in the whole league. And yeah, he talks a little bit of shit, but guy, fans love people that talk shit. Kobe and Jordan were the biggest yep. shit talkers ever, and they're like two of the most popular NBA guys ever. Mm-hmm. So, and KG. And KG, KG was the and biggest even shit Even Kevin talker. Durant, too. Uh, no, MJ was. But MJ like, was the biggest shit talker ever. But. <laughs> you take Philly out of the equation here, and who wouldn't love Joel Embiid? People love those stories of overcoming. Look at, look at fucking Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose, I'm pretty sure, has been like co- convicted of like sexual assault. Yeah. And people still love him because they're like, oh, Derrick Rose overcame his injuries and he's still yeah, the player. Like, yeah, people are willing to overlook that, but won't overlook like Joel Embiid taking a couple free throws. It, it's just a very bizarre agenda, but it makes sense. It's, 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 it makes again, sense. Again, we do this. this we're like pop famous for this on the show, but it's literally just anti-Philly shit. Yes. Because if he wasn't on this team, people would love him. Yep. And it is what and it like is. Like I said earlier, if you switched him and Jokic right now, Jokic would probably be suspended <laughs> for a couple games oh, earlier pushing. in the season. And then also... For a game because of last night. Well, yeah, we're gonna. I'm gonna break down like the Jokic and Embiid thing a little more because mm-hmm. of the playoffs in a second. But my last point on the Sixers, and it's really null and void to like the games. But like Kate Scott has really grown on me. Like I, oh, yeah. I was always yeah. one of the advocates, like in our group chat of friends, for like liking her when other people didn't. Mm-hmm. But like I really feel like towards the end of the year and into the playoffs so far, she's, she's been coming phenomenal. to run. I mean, so I was extremely on the fence in the beginning. Like I was very, I was more leaning towards the side of like. Eh, whatever. Yeah, like no, she's, she's kind of which like, is understanding because, like, yeah. in the beginning of the year, it was like, eh, it was like figuring it she didn't out. Really it find th- her footing. We've always said it doesn't help that Allah is just no, a, me- no. a menace. <laughs> but no, like these last couple games, and even then in the regular season, I thought she's really stepped up and been great. Honestly. Yeah, I mean, her calls has been fantastic. I ever love since, her. Oh my goodness, call. Yeah, she's got ever, one of her signature <laughs> calls. So there you go. Ever since the Miami game, I think she's that, really. That's the around. one where I noticed, like, okay, she's yeah. really like hitting her stride now it was uh there she had a couple good calls it was bang bang george niang i like that one and yeah. matisse flyball uh, and i was sitting there i was like damn that's yeah nice. like i said the, oh my the, oh my goodness one <laughs> that is, rolls is good tongue, nice. you can feel the passion oh it. my goodness like people just people just wanted to hate i don't want to make it like i think i know it, dan mcguckin is like rolling in his <laughs> he, bed right he, now the good friend of the show dan yes. mcguckin friend of ours uh no he actually did admit no, that he thinks she's been good but yeah i just wanted to give her some some credit because i've thoroughly enjoyed mm-hmm. uh, listening to her and you know obviously like you're gonna miss a legend like zoom off yeah obviously yeah. I mean you're going from one of the best sportscasters ever to, to it someone that's brand, brand new exactly so and, like, and not for nothing the elf in the room is that she's a woman and people mm-hmm. don't aren't huge fans of women in sports yes but hey we're all for equality over here at the yep. nosebleeds and we love Kate but um moving on real, we'll talk about the uh the Warriors Nuggets, because we have an agenda to push here. <laughs> um, so the Nuggets look like shit. And yeah, that's yeah. mostly because their star player last night it's is minus baby. 26 on the floor and gets ejected from the game. And I just want to read off some stats here. Um, these are stats when um, Jokic is being defended by Draymond Green in this series. Oh, so this far. is great. He is shooting nine for 28, mm-hmm. which is 32%. Uh, zero, zero from eight from three. He has three assists and three turnovers. And Draymond has only committed one foul against him. Mm-hmm. And for those of you at home that aren't aware, Draymond Green is what six inches shorter yes. than Jokic. Yes. And dude, he and you can't can, also just to add some fuel to the yeah, flames. Can't do shit against Embiid. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> and he pretty much admitted it on his yeah. podcast. <laughs> that was a great interview, by the way. But yeah, yeah. Uh, Draymond, is, and he's clearly under his skin. Like mm-hmm. you saw, um, first of all, the, the team in general is under his skin because uh, Gary Payton, block, Gary Payton Jr., the second, I don't know what they call him, mm-hmm. blocks Jokic on a play last night. And yep. I think the next possession, uh, 
dead ball or timeout, and Gary Payton is kind of, you know, doing what you do. He's paying respect to Jokic by giving him a butt slap, which mm-hmm. is... It's not like it's fucking. First of all, someone said, "Oh, maybe they just don't do that in Serbia." He's been playing in the NBA for seven years. Yeah, he knows what it, <laughs> what it's about. But anyway, he gets an ass slap from Gary Payton, and he turns around like trying to fight him. Yeah, which made no fucking sense. And Steph had to hold him back. And then obviously later in the game, uh, Jokic, Jokic doesn't get a call. Were probably not happy. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna be trying to. They're gonna have a tweet about Gary Payton. No, they they shut their Twitter down. Oh, they were. They're they probably such, almost they're, got indicted they're such on some fucking, shit. They're dorks. I hate them. But <laughs> then later in the game, Jokic uh, doesn't get a call he wants. Gets in the ref's face. Gets kicked out of the game. Mm-hmm. And Draymond, you know, waves goodbye. And it's I just it's, fitting. Very it's fitting. very fitting to see him just absolutely stink like this because, yeah. like we said earlier, I only have the first six ga- last six games here. But to compare in the last six playoffs games, uh, Nikola Jokic. Back-to-back MVP, may, may I remind you all, most likely. Negative uh, 92, whereas Joel Embiid is positive 31. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just it's telling. At last eight games, he's 111 negative mm-hmm. on the court. It's it's bad. Um, he's getting locked up, like I said. He's getting ejected. He's the only MVP I've seen in however long with no playoff expectations. Yeah. He doesn't have to do anything. At this point, first of all, uh, Murray and Michael Porter Jr. are both really never playing at this point. They're always kind of hurt. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if MBJ's. I think Murray will make it back. I don't know if MBJ is going to make it back. He's had that back shit that's happening like, and whatever. This team he's got right now is what he should be expected to have because those guys don't play much. Yeah, and also like other MVPs are expected to overcome their team's flaws. Yeah, and succeed in the playoffs. Whereas this guy, I'm not going to get ahead of myself here, but listen, the way the Warriors fucking look right now, by the way, fucking amazing, awesome. Mm-hmm. Steph Curry with 34 points off the bench, but like in 20 minutes. Yeah, so like <laughs> absurd. You got you're supposed to overcome these things and lead your team to victory. It just doesn't. Instead, make, you get kicked out. Instead, you get kicked <laughs> out and you're crying and all that shit, but. I don't know. Jokic is he? He's made me. His fans have made me hate him mostly, but also just wa- like watching him play like that. I'm gonna paraphrase something that a player that we absolutely love said. He is what he is. You know. Take any. <laughs> do, you know, do you want a little guess there as to who that was? Why do I not remember? I know the quote. I know. Who I know. VQ knows. I forget who said the quote. It's uh, Ben Simmons. Yep. God damn it! You're fucking right. <laughs> God damn it! You're right. <laughs> But it, it's funny to watch him watch him struggle, honestly. Um, but like I just said, the Warriors like look like legit title. I, mean, I think they've they, been on fire. Yeah. Not they weren't legit title contenders, but like God willing, we'll get that Suns versus Warriors series as the and Western Conference be Finals awesome. because, dude, they are both hitting on all cylinders right now. I mean, this uh, literally the only note I have on the Suns Pelicans game was Suns are really fucking good <laughs> because there's nothing <laughs> yeah. else to really talk about. Yeah, there. I mean, I mean they're gonna beat the shit out of them, but like, like I said, the, the reigning MVP is probably gonna get swept in this series. Mm-hmm. And like while the guy who's coming up second is going to sweep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, and if he gets swept, he'll have lost what his last eight playoff games. Mm-hmm. So it's it's sad. And I'm gonna be honest. The only reason they went to the conference finals in the bubble was one because it was the bubble, and two because Jamal Murray won an absolute fucking year. He did. And he went on like a thirty-five tear. to forty a night. So yeah, whatever. It's it's funny to see this, but um, the only other I don't really have many notes on other games. Um, the other one I want to talk about a lot was the Nets and Celtics. So my main thing here is that's just going to be a crazy series because what a fucking game that was. Yeah. I mean, Jason yeah. Tatum is fucking awesome. KD had a bad game, but he's still awesome. Then you look at the supporting cast for the Celtics. I mean, Marcus Smart, who's like not even known as a scorer with 20. Mm-hmm. Jalen uh, Brown, obviously, he is kind of a scorer. 23. Horford, 20. 
And then my, my favorite... That's, that's the one thing that kind of scares me, for the Celtics at least. Is Horford. Cause, yeah, because Horford having 20 is not going to happen every night. And you barely won that game. Oh, yeah. I mean, they won in a crazy last-second shot. Yeah. Which, by the way, what a what a move by Tatum. Perfectly yeah, was. timing that, that spin. Was. But um, my, my favorite part of this game was uh, the Kyrie Irving, like, fuck you, Boston mm-hmm. tour. Because mm-hmm. I, for one, fucking hate Boston fans. Yes. Hate them. What everyone else thinks of Philly fans, I think of Boston fans. Yeah. Because, you know, they like... they but like worse. Because they like they're to, actually yeah. racist. They like to bring up <laughs> shit, you know, 100 years ago that happened in Philly. Oh, you threw snowballs at Santa. Well, you know, how about 70 years ago, Bill Russell said Boston fans, his own fans, are mm-hmm. so racist, I don't want any of them at my jersey retirement. <laughs> yeah. uh, so how about that, if we're going to play tit for tat here? <laughs> but no, uh... Kyrie Irving said, you know, after the game, fans are calling him pussy, bitch, all types of shit. He didn't say it, but, you know, racial slurs maybe thrown in there. Who knows? It's Boston. Scumbags. Pieces of shit. And he said, hey, listen, if you can't, if you want to dish it out to me, you should be able to take it. Because he flipped the bird a couple times to fans. And he said, fuck you to a fan in the the tunnel. Listen, all's fair in love and war. The one thing I thought that was really funny was that he was like, yeah, I looked him in the eyes and I said, I, I gave him the finger. But the one clip that's really gone viral is him not even looking at them yeah. and doing the fingers that behind the head. That was funny as shit. And I give him respect for that because he probably just didn't want the refs to see it. Realistically. Oh, absolutely. The one where he, he hit just the got, three and turned around and yeah, flipped the, <laughs> then he was like looking. Drive-by finger. Like <laughs> Listen, I, I don't. people want to call him soft. Anyone bitching about that is soft. Yes. Listen, again. Don't, that would fire me up as a fan. Men, like, not even in yeah. a bad way. I would just be like, let's fucking go. It like, probably made that ass. win way more sweet for the Boston fans. Oh, yeah, definitely. Which, like, I was, I want, I don't know who I want to win this series. That's like, we're at a crossroads here because I, I don't want Ben Simmons to succeed. I have more bad blood for Simmons than I do for the Celtics the at this Celtics. point. But, like, that, I don't know. I don't see how anyone could really bitch. I think too many NBA fans and I guess sports fans kind of in general have this mentality of, like, the players aren't human because you paid for a ticket. Yeah. Like, they're not zoo animals. Yeah. They're, they're fucking human beings with feelings. And people will contest me, oh, they're rich, blah, blah. Yes, they're fucking rich, but that doesn't take away their humanity. Like, you don't just get to call them names and shit and not expect any response. Mm-hmm. Like, it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, no, it's so, definitely So, listen, ridiculous. I know the league find them, and that's because they have to, but... I will take Kyrie Irving's side in this. I have not taken Kyrie Irving's side in anything in probably his entire career. Yeah. But I'll, I'll stand with him on fuck Boston. I can I can get behind that movement. Actually, I can get behind the flat earther too, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's our next topic. Yeah, uh, is no. There fl- no, but seriously. <laughs> we'll uh, bring it back the Jimmy conspiracy theory segment, even when Seamus isn't here. <laughs> no, this Nets Celtic series has me like at a loss. I just, all I can hope is at the end of the day, it's like a seven game tough Yes. Tough series and both teams wear each other, each other out. Yeah, exactly. I just hope they beat each other up. So I guess at the end of the day, who would you rather face, assuming it comes to that? I I don't even know. I think the Celtics just because... I, I agree. I, yeah, I, I just think the Celtics because... I, don't, I, I, have, a weird, know, I have a weird thought. <laughs> Celt- I think the Celtics are a more complete team, but I'm way more scared of a team that has two guys that are capable of going fucking... Nuclear. Nu- yeah, that's absolutely the best word. Nuclear. Because Kyrie and KD are those guys. They are absolutely capable of fucking going insane yeah. and dropping 50 apiece. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd rather play the Celtics who, you know, I'm obviously Jason Tatum is like making his name stamped like if yeah. it's not already, he's getting up there. But I'm not nearly as scared of Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, and Al Horford as I am of just KD and Kyrie. And also, I want revenge for the bubble. 
I want yeah. revenge for that well, sweep. I mean, we are, we're also just rivals with Boston, yeah. so it's nicer. Obviously, it'd be nice to beat Ben Simmons. Yeah. It would be awesome because he's apparently he's coming back in the series, which, which would be very it's funny. It's going to be funny to see what he even does. Uh, he he's going to he's going to get like yelled at one time by a Boston fan and tweets yeah. back. In practice, he's uh, pointing the fucking reporters under the net and saying, "Watch this!" And then he dunks like, yeah. "Congratulations, okay. you're six ten, bud." Like you well, should maybe you should have do. done that in the game. Whatever, I'm not gonna get stuck <laughs> on that. But the fact that that's still on his mind One is funny. Trey Young. One Trey. <laughs> but it would be funny to see him come here. But we're we're rivals with Boston. I'd rather beat Boston. Yeah, it would be way more satisfying. It's a much more storied rival with Boston. Uh, exactly. Sure, yeah. Um, no, nothing really else in that game. And then I don't really have any notes on most of the other games. I mean, the Heat are most likely going to win in five against uh, the Atlanta Hawks. But please, please make it a series, Atlanta. Yeah. Uh, Trey, Trey looked terrible in that first game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I said this before the show. He'll probably have one game where the ha- the Heat's defense like kind of s- falls asleep and he goes for like forty and wills Atlanta to a win. Yeah. And then like they get smothered out in five. But like I was saying, I think the big X factor there is Clint Capella because I mean Clint Capella. Opens up a lot more than you think. He yeah, does do you know a lot if he'll be back in this series? Does. I honestly haven't been following his health. I I don't even know. <laughs> I I have I not, am not up to date with my Clint. Capella I just figured updates. they were gonna get swept anyway, so I didn't really give a shit. <laughs> but yeah, I would love to see them just take a game. Maybe I think they'll win a game. I would love if they could like somehow shock and win like two, push the Heat to six. Yeah, to put get, bang them up a little bit for us. <laughs> not like not like injury wise. I'm not a fucking Raptors fan. Um, uh, the other other series, uh, the Wolves and Grizzlies. Um, one of my my first note for that series is I fucking love Anthony Edwards. Oh yeah, I mean that he is, is absolutely in my top five favorite non uh, Sixers because yeah. he's I just him, funny as shit. The, when the T Wolves were rumored for Ben, I wanted him so bad. Yeah, I wanted him he's, so bad. I mean, obviously he's like a fucking star, like he's yeah. electric, but he's also just hilarious. Yeah. He's an absolute fucking good. He said he named his uh, he named his dog Aunt Edwards Jr. because he too can do it all. (laughs) (laughs) Shit like that is just funny. Yeah. And then uh, John Morant better show up tonight. He posted a clip of Michael Jordan from The Last Dance. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. You know the whole like oh we only Michael Jordan was twirling the baseball bat Mm -hmm. like we only lost one game. People want to talk shit. Blah blah blah. That that kind of thing. Like he doesn't back it up. After posting that, you have to come out and drop like forty and win the game. And I love John Morant. He is my favorite non sixer. Uh, besides LeBron, of course, that goes without saying. But no, you need to come out and fucking <laughs> ASMR now. You need to come out and uh, really fucking show up after you post that. Like there is no no room for error now. Yeah, you don't just post an MJ clip and then shit the bed. I know. But I do have a feeling the Grizzlies are going to come out. I think I'm not I'm not a betting man at the moment, but um, I think that the wool, uh, the Grizzlies will blow them out tonight. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised because the game's getting right, game actually probably started already. Yeah, the the wolves were coming out on a heater after that Clippers game. They were all fired up, and I think that's really what propelled them to that first win because Grizz were coming off a week of rest. They're probably like thinking they're going to come in and just wreck these guys without trying, and then the T wolves came out hungry that first game. Yeah, and I don't think that's going to happen again. Yeah, I, I, this I, is a, this is a team that went fucking what seventeen and five without with Morant. Yeah. Uh, Memphis probably wins in five, maybe six, since they gave yeah. up this early one, which was a, a, a bad move. It's yeah. always a bad move to give up one at home, the first game of the series. Yes. But um, then the last series, and this is this is my favorite one, uh, the Jazz versus the Mavericks. My first note on this is who cares, but Jalen Brunson is awesome. Yeah, I, I love Jalen Brunson. He's been, he was insane last night, like actually insane. Literally, Man though. scored 41. Literally, though, who cares about this series? Who cares? This series stinks. I would. I just want a first round exit for Utah. That's yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's um, why I'm really bummed Luka, about Luca. Luca hasn't played in the first two games, and obviously Jalen Brunson made up for that by going nuclear himself. Mm-hmm. But like, 
Luca being out has made like me not even. I haven't. I have not watched a second of this series. Bro, I have. I would rather play fucking Lego Star Wars than watch that <laughs> shit, which I have done quite literally. Watch that. Play that instead of watching this series. Because mm-hmm. what am I gonna do? Oh, I get to watch the dominance of Rudy Gobert. Like, <laughs> I don't give a fuck. He's the most boring superstar. You want to watch Future Sixer? Donovan Spider well, Mitchell. See Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> you know he's playing like shit to. To down that trade, that down you that down thirty five was. I know, I'm kidding. <laughs> he, I mean, he obviously. Oh wait, you didn't, you didn't watch. No, you were I didn't like watch. He could have scored hundred points for all I know. <laughs> no, but it, it it's very funny because imagine if he comes to the Sixers one day. I have a fucking picture of Ben Simmons doing the AI step over. I know. Of Donovan Mitchell. I know. That will so be one bad. of the worst worst I literally have t-shirts. A, I, have. I literally have a Photoshop of Donovan Mitchell in his rookie sweatshirt with a with clown makeup on him. It's crazy because we <laughs> we've always said Donovan Mitchell was the real rookie that year. I mean. Don't oh yeah, I mean, don't even like <laughs> We've think about going back on our twitters because like we have always said that. you'll just find the same thing we're saying right now that Donovan Mitchell was the real rookie. He, I mean, yeah, I mean, a real rookie didn't win the rookie of the year that year. Yeah. We've always said that. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? Now we're we're going we're turning so hard on this. We should make the joke everyone else made every year. Like next year when the rookie of the year running comes out, like where's Ben Simmons? <laughs> we should we should take that mantle ben now. And Jason Tatum, they both deserve. It. I mean, no, Jason but, Tatum's still what like sixteen. Jason Tatum, he's 19, people. Ah, <laughs> uh, man, you got to love funny, funny, stupid narratives. Yep. But um, what is your, obviously, we're only like one or two games into all these series, but like, do you have any like bold predictions for the playoffs and, and before we wrap this up? Um, I think Sixers sweep. I think Heat sweep. Um, and then I think they start before any other second round series starts next week. And that'll be really funny just because, because uh, the Celtics and the Nets will be playing game six or game five, and the Heat and the Sixers will be playing game one. That would be lovely for us. Yeah. So I mean, we get, I would love get that a bunch of rest. That. Yeah. Like, where, to, to make this more Sixers-centric, like, where's your head at as far as, like, obviously this team looks fucking amazing. Like, are we legit, like, does this make, has these two games made you buy in even more to the fact that, like, we're a fucking titles contender? I had already talked myself into it before those two games started, so this has l- just made me Lest we more forget, confident. obviously the vibes are, are through the fucking, the roof. They're in the stratosphere at this point after oh, two yeah. games. Lest we forget, a week ago, the vibes were in the toilet. Like, yeah. coming into the playoffs. Like, uh, for me, they were. Listen, I'm saying, like, a general <laughs> consensus. This was, and this is might be, people said, this might be why we're having so much success. Because every other year we go in to the playoffs, the vibes are so high, and mm-hmm. we, we crash and burn. Maybe going in with the vibes fucking buried six feet under coming in this year, we're going we're gonna to win. Who I knows? Mean, for me, I've just been walking around like Sam Cassell with my big balls and just looking at everybody that. that's looking down on the Sixers and peeing on them. The, the, I'll say this: these two games have definitely made me like rethink like what I felt with the Sixers because obviously I have more of a negative mindset with the Sixers because mm-hmm. of how much I've been let down by them. Mm-hmm. But uh, honestly, they look fucking good. Yeah, and I like mean, I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but like because again, people, uh, which no, I'm not even going to do that. I was just about to say it's only the Raptors. <laughs> I was about to do it. The media has tricked me into almost doing that. No, you motherfuckers <laughs> picked them against us. They look great. Uh, if Tyrese Maxey can be a fucking all star continuously, like I don't see why this team doesn't at least go to the conference finals. Yeah. Like I'm not scared of the Heat. I'm so, so not afraid of the Miami Heat. No, the, the Celtics, the Nets, and the Bucks, they're a different story. Yeah. But but the Heat, I don't fear them at all. And I know they're the one seed and people might be like, Oh, are you crazy? But I don't know. The, the I saw Jimmy Butler get outscored by Brent Forbes in a goddamn series <laughs> last year, and I will never, ever fucking forget it. <laughs> the the one part that blows me up is that 
the only way they can really stop Embiid is triple team him. And have you seen the way Embiid has been passing the ball yeah. in the past two games? Which is, again, uh, not to go back to the MVP thing, but like he's passing great now, too. Yeah. So what's the fucking... Is it really the Vorp that's making a difference <laughs> in the Raptor? Because his passing's... Yeah, the Raptors are making a difference. They keep fouling him. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> But I'm just, I'm not scared of them. Throw whatever you want in Embiid. Bam Adebayo will get bullied. And yeah. Joel will find. Fucking Maxi beat this team by himself. I know. I know. <laughs> Maxi beat a full health Heat team alone. Yeah. Solo Dolo. Yep. So uh, excuse me for not being that scared <laughs> of this team. Maxi's going to hit another record. You know what, you know what I actually, you know what I'm scared of more than anything with the Heat? Kyle Lowry's dirty. And not enough people yeah. talk about that. Yeah. Kyle Lowry in like multiple plays looked Bro, like he was trying to culture. take out Trey Young. That's he culture. He fucking, for, I thought it was very funny. There was a clip of Kyle Lowry like giving uh, Trey like a forearm to the throat and mm -hmm. face. And people were like, oh, it's not his fault. Like he's trying to box at a smaller guy. <laughs> Trey Young is is taller yes. than Kyle Lowry. Correct. So that is just that makes no fucking sense. But he's got and, a bigger butt. Well, I'm not going to debate that. <laughs> and then there was the clip of uh, Trey Young driving through the lane. The whistle blows, and Kyle Lowry shoots for his fucking legs. Yeah. Like not enough people talk about the fact that Kyle Lowry is kind of a dirty player. But he's from Philly. I'm yeah. not going to get too stuck up on it. But that's the only thing I'd be scared of is like fucking Kyle Lowry Dude, taking out. He's a Philly fan. James Harden or some shit. Oh, of course. He's from. Oh, he's a scumbag. <laughs> I forgot that he's a scumbag from Philly. Never mind. We should have. We should have been aware of that. But no, that's the only thing I'm scared of. Is like he fucking injures Harden or some shit. Yeah. Knock on wood, so that doesn't happen. But no, I'm not scared of that team. The Bucks fucking blew out the Bulls. The Bulls look bad. I don't. I the, the end of the score made that game look more competitive. The Bulls have been the biggest pretender all year. Yes. What was their record like? Two and fourteen against the top teams in the East. Yeah. They're, they're a pretender. They're stinky. Uh, DeRozan looked horrible, and uh, listen, I liked him for a majority of the year. Yeah, I mean, he was he had like a little bit of an MVP MVP caliber season. Yeah, he did for a while. Beginning of the year, and just they don't <laughs> they look fell good. Off. I think that's going to be another boring series. Like I think the Bucks were going to sweep that. Yeah, no, I 100 percent agree with you. But I would love to see a Sixers Suns finals. I kind of want Sixers Dubs. Warriors would also be good. Yeah, I mean, I just I just want to beat. The Warriors, like we should. The East is much deeper. The, the East games. is much deeper, but the West, two, the top two teams in the West, the Warriors and the Suns are like, that. That's going to be a fucking series, and those two yeah. teams are going to be tough for anybody in the East to out in seven games. Yeah, but that's really all I got on the playoffs. Yeah. Um. Let's talk about the fact that the Phillies are not uh, what they advertised. We've been lied to. We've been hoodwinked. <laughs> we've been deceived. And we've been run amok. We've been run amok. I don't know exactly the Stephen A. video, but you guys know what I'm talking yeah. about. Um, Seamus isn't here, and I'm sure that if he was, he'd be telling me, Vince, it's only been blank games. Don't overreact. <laughs> and you know what? If the six, if the Phillies were doing good, and I said the Phillies look great, maybe he'd do the same thing because apparently, according to Seamus, no baseball can be analyzed or criticized until like fucking June or July. <laughs> It's ridiculous, but no, the the Phillies look stagnant. I mean, the pitch. Listen, we can't said coming into this year, this is a team that is going to need to overcome everything else with crazy mm -hmm. offense, and we have not seen crazy offense from yeah. this team. The no. first game was was what it was. They had that good comeback against the Mets, mm -hmm. and besides that, they've looked as dead in the water as a team can fucking look this yeah. early in the season. Like someone tweeted, I forget who it was, or I give credit, like. Phillies are slipping already into that like it's not even worth checking the box score at the end of the game. Yeah. Like I mean you you look and you see like either no runs, one run, or two runs. It's and it's like why do you even care who scored them? It's like fucking demoralizing because like we were so excited for this year and like yeah. I know that we kind of do that every year, but this was like one of the first this years was, where I was like, you know what? I'm genuinely like I believe this could happen. I haven't Something sat down and watched opening day 
in probably five years. And this year, I sat down and watched opening day. Like you're getting f- losing four one to the Colorado Rockies. Like they have they have come out been, hotter than most playing, people expected. They've been playing good, but it's like, why is this offense like just shitting the bed? Yeah. Like obviously they have one run in the bottom of the first right now, but whatever. Before this, one run against the Rockies. Three runs against the Marlins. Three runs against the Marlins. One run against the Marlins. Three runs against the Marlins. Then, then a, a respectable six against the Mets. Then zero against the Mets. Mm-hmm. Then a, a respectable five. Then one against the Athletics. Two against the Athletics. Yeah. Like, I don't know. They've been Someone needs to spell this out for right. me. They, they've not been playing fucking good. The Marlins own us. Absolutely own us forever, I guess. Mm-hmm. Someone. Perpetually. I, I don't know how or why that is a thing, but it really is. It's it's the same thing with the magic for the Sixers. Although the Sixers did turn that around this year finally, because Daryl Morey came out and said, "Wait, I wasn't informed that we were supposed to lose to the Magic twice a year." Yeah, it's I don't even know what to say about them. Aaron Nola just looks like he's he stinks, man. He stinks. I had such high I'm so fucking sick of him. He hasn't been good since three years ago. I know, and it, the worst part is you'll see flashes of it. And then I'll give up a fucking exactly. That makes it even worse. Like, why won't you? Why won't you just be consistently fucking bad? Yeah. Like, why yeah, did you have like, to actually look good on it's opening? It's like Vinny V. Th- yes. They literally do it. Like, why did you have to look good on opening day? And then when, when I'm getting comfortable, like, holy shit, Aaron Nolan's having a day. Mm-hmm. Give up a fucking solo shot and a third run home run. Yeah. Like every fucking time you want to give Aaron Nolan a compliment, it's like for, a grand slam to tie the game. Like, yeah. dude, what the fuck? He's just not good. It's ridiculous. He's like a fourth or at best fringe third starter on a good team with mm-hmm. a good rotation. Yeah. And then you got Zach Wheeler, who's clearly injured. Yeah. His fucking, I don't even know why the he's The on his fastball has dropped like six miles an hour. Mm-hmm. He's clearly not ready to be playing. He's getting banged up every time yep. he starts this year so far. So that stinks. And yeah. then like we don't even have another respectable starter. Ranger really hasn't looked good. Eflin, Eflin hasn't looked yeah. good. Yeah. I, like the, I was really looking forward to this year of the Wheeler being Wheeler. All right. The the bullpen is a bright spot this the, year. <laughs> like, which is I insane. never thought I would say that, that about this team. That is insane to say that our bullpen is the fucking bright spot when you have this <laughs> offense. And then obviously the defensive oh, worries so as far as Boom and yeah. like I know Seamus got really mad about like giving Boom a standing ovation. I thought it was funny, honestly. <laughs> oh, it was fucking hilarious. I mean, uh, whatever. That that's that's why people like that's why I'll never get the rep we get because it's like that's we'll funny. Do that. Like <laughs> also because it was a completely understandable thing from the say. You yeah, get frustrated. I mean, you get frustrated. The, the best part about it was everybody on Twitter week, was like, "Damn, I agree with it." <laughs> you, you're at work sometimes and you fuck up and you're like, too. you know what? Fuck this place. No, just Philly. I just fucking hate this place. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, just, yeah. But like, yeah, his struggles and you don't know what's going on with the outfield because realistically fucking Schwerber and Castellanos both stink in defensively. Yeah. Uh, Castellanos actually hasn't been horrible defensively. No, no, he hasn't been. He's been showing up. But he's just, you know that he's not like, they're not dependable there. And like, they're not, it's yeah. whatever. They're supposed to make up with it for their offense. Yes. And Kyle Schwerber's batting like fucking a hundred yeah i mean even even bryce isn't doing great but like i have faith he'll come around that's whatever bryce i have faith in whatever but schwerber schwerber's concerning schwerber worries me because it makes me wonder are we getting end of the end of his career schwerber where he's going to be albert pujols and maybe come in maybe hit a home run here and there albert pujols by the way has been killing it this year yeah but for whatever fucking reason but I don't know. I mean, it just makes me think, like, are we getting Schwarber at the end of his career where he's not going to be great? And Dude, are we going to regret signing him for a multi-year contract? Our two bright spots on offense are Castellanos and fucking Boom. 
And Gene Segura. And, and Gene Segura, yes. I will about, respect I, will, about Jimmy I, got, I got to respect Jimmy Siggs. <laughs> but, like, it's insane. And, you know, obviously it sucks. Moniac isn't healthy right now. Yeah. But, like, Because he, he looked so good coming into this. You just hope when he comes back, like, he, he's fine. Mm-hmm. I want to yeah. see. I, I think Bryce will get it going. I mean, he had it going in spring training. Yeah, he will. I think it just got cold up here, and he just got annoyed. Like I said, like we just debated, I, I believe in Bryce. Kyle Schwarber's concerning, and mm. JT's been fine, I guess. JT, like he's, he's had JT his has had his games. Yeah, he had he had that one game where he was perfect from the plate. Um, he's been fi- he's been the BCIB defensively still, so I have no issues there. Um, but yeah, no, I I think just everything with this offense, it's like you look at it on paper. And it sh- they should be scoring ten plus runs a night, and they are. <laughs> that's what we were. That's what we were fives. told we were getting. Yeah, and we've been fucking lied to. Uh, yeah, I mean, you look at the you look at it on paper. It's guys that have literally hit thirty home runs the past three years, and yeah. like, and then you're inserting guys like um, Stott, who you thought would be a little bit better. He's looked a little scared at the plate. Like it's kind of weird. I don't yeah. know, uh, but it makes sense. It's like his first time up here, really. So. Um, Hoping that he kind of would get some support from the rest of the lineup, so that way he wouldn't nothing be as big of a deal. Literally nothing. And yeah, and I know I just shit on Sheamus for it, but I will say, obviously it's a long season; it could all come together. <laughs> but right now, it just it's it bleak. stinks. It's very bleak. It, it doesn't look hopeful, and it's like getting the point where that person that tweeted it is true. Like I don't even want to tune into the games at this point. Yeah. No, yeah, because like, like I'm not, I don't feel like tuning in and watching some of the worst starting pitching you've ever seen, mm-hmm. and that being complimented by like JT Romuda going like one for four and that being your best hitter that day. Yeah, like fuck that. <laughs> so that's really all I got on this. On I guess you'd say we've got low <laughs> hopes <laughs> right now. Listen. Thank God for the Sixers. Listen, I I respect that the Sixers saw that you know the vibes were going down for them heading into the playoffs, and everyone was like, "Give me the Phillies, Phillies, Phillies." The Sixers said, "No, no, no, spring is still ours." <laughs> so you know what? Fuck. As far as I'm concerned, the Phillies don't even exist right now. Yep. They'll exist when the goddamn playoffs are over for the Sixers, and I'll focus on them again. As far as I'm concerned right now, the Phillies are, are dead to me. Yeah. So I guess that's all I got. Any final thoughts today, Pat? Hey, you know what? Hey, Vince, can you do me a favor? Sure. Can you play the fucking song, Vinny? <laughs> there we go. All right, guys. Uh, Seamus, if you're at home listening, we love you yep. and we miss you a little bit. We do like to uh, have some on the rails shows every now and then. <laughs> but um, yeah. But we're right around the corner from a bar called Off the Rails. This is dangerous. Holy oh, shit. Oh, God. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we appreciate you listening. Thanks, Vince, for uh, sitting in with us today. And I guess we'll talk to you guys next week. Yep. Peace. See you guys. Get stoned.